and welcome to the Riff Raff podcast, hosted by Amy Baker and Rosie Edwards. We set up the Riff Raff to champion the work of debut authors and to provide guidance and support for those dreaming of one day being published themselves. Today, we are talking to Indu Balachandran, author of The Writer's Retreat, about quitting your day job to write, how to incorporate your experience into your fictional story, and how to write scenes that your mother shouldn't read. Living space available for nine-month lease. Centrally located, fully functional, healthy environment with all supporting amenities. It was this simple classified ad I wrote that started it all. Now, if you think that's a real estate ad, read that again and you'll see I was talking about leasing out my uterus for nine months to breed a baby. I was writing this ad for a lark, actually, scribbling down a line on a paper napkin in a pub. I'd recently read about a huge demand for surrogate mothers, so breeding other people's babies seemed like a cool new age occupation to have, rather than slogging as a home loan officer in Citibank. So I held up the paper napkin and read out my spoof classified ad for baby breeding to my pals in the pub. When I finished, my entire table broke into laughter and applause. Ambi, you're insane, said Tarun. You really should make a living out of this. Renting out a uterus, cried Kavi. Now what will your conservative Tamil Brahmin community in South India have to say about that, Ambi Balan? No idiot, said Tarun. I mean, Ambi should make a living writing pithy lines like this all day. In fact, Ambi... There's a holiday to Goa to be won in a contest, not for baby breeding, but quite the opposite. Can you think of a snappy slogan for a revolutionary new contraceptive? I burst out laughing. Hmm, okay. I simply loved this kind of word puzzle challenge. I began scribbling again for five minutes. And I said, okay, how about this, Vicky? Copulate more, populate less, I said a few minutes later. Vicky looked at me in complete awe. Before I knew it, he would have told the whole world about it, living up to our nickname for him, Vicky Leaks. Indu, it is lovely to have you with us at the Riff Raff podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us. It's lovely being back in London. And, uh, you know, uh, Amy and Rosie, uh, I've always thought travel would make me write a book. But this is the first time... A book has made me travel, so I'm really <laughs> grateful to Jacaranda, to Jasmine, to Valerie and Laurie for getting the book to get me to London. I love London and it's fabulous to be here. Thank Aww, you so much, Amy and Rosie. And for those who haven't read your book, it's called The Writer's Retreat. Could yeah. you tell us a little bit what it's about? Yeah, well, to sum it up very quickly, it's a rollicking and a romantic adventure, I must add the word romantic, <laughs> of three girls from India who quit boring jobs and they escape to magical Greece to chase a passion and that's writing, okay? And uh, so that really sums up what the gist of the story is. It's got romance, it's got uh, writing passion and it's got adventure, it's got Greece, so it's a kind of a travelogue as well. Did you get to go to Greece in preparation for this? Absolutely, <laughs> I mean, it's uh, lots and bits of my life and uh, my friends' lives. In, in it and uh, my sister whom you just met my sister Shuba and I we actually went to Crete for a writer's workshop some years ago okay. so all the adventures we have there are in the book 
Really okay, nice. Show. Absolutely. We love Santorini. <laughs> oh, it does. Yeah, it's gorgeous. <laughs> so the three lead characters in your book, they all leave dream jobs to seek fulfilment. Um, so do you think that people who have the urge to write will only ever have that sense of fulfillment by having a book published? Uh, not really. In the sense of, speaking from my own experience, I've always knew I was going to be a writer and I have been a writer, but uh, it's. Uh, I, I think my book is really about chasing a creative passion in life, you know? Um, paint, cook, make music, chase that dream, run away and till you catch it, you know? So it's really to evoke something that you love doing, that it's do what makes you come alive, you know? That's what the core message of my book is. So, uh, but I'm absolutely in awe of people who are doing something else in their day <laughs> job and writing books as well. I mean, I'm absolutely amazed by such people. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of hard work, I think. One of our authors was saying that she was doing a full-time job and then working sort of essentially working 80 hours a week didn't she mm. while she was writing her first book and that's just crazy isn't it but good commitment good commitment. and i think you need emma flint, emma flint. yes and <laughs> you need commitment as well i think don't you you have to be dedicated to it yeah finally you've got to go there and write every day you know how, how long did it take you to write this uh how long about four kilometers <laughs> <laughs> you know often people have asked me how long did it take you to write and how i can only if i place all the papers I've written and my manuscript end to end, it would be four kilometers. And that's the only way I can measure the length. But it's impossible to say. Uh, it's, uh, I worked to a deadline and I was given uh, a year and a half to finish the book. And I caught that deadline, but I don't know how many hours I really put in into that. Yeah, you know? was, was that kind of yeah. including the edits and stuff yeah, like that? That's okay. right. Yeah, that's right. And actually I spend more time rewriting than writing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And um, one of your characters, I won't give away who it is, um, has, she's very similar to you. She's got quite a lot of your shared interests. Was that something that you did consciously? Were you trying, was it really important to you to share parts of yourself with your reader? Yeah. Well, you know, there's this uh, lovely quote that's up on my notice board. Uh, it's a quote by Anne Tyler. And she says, uh, um, I, I write because I want more than one life. It's greed pure and simple mm -hmm. and I think that's what it is for me you know life is too short to be just the what I am so in in a way this book has bits of me in every character and uh, I've enjoyed being the man <laughs> the romantic <laughs> man I enjoyed being the three characters in the book but the main protagonist uh, is my voice completely you know totally and it is wonderful when I, when my friends who know me say, we read the book with you speaking to us. But it's also bits of me and the other girls also. The three girls. Yeah. That's lovely. Did yeah. you get that with your book? Yes. Yeah. So both Amy and I have written. Mm. I feel like we've now told everyone who listens to the podcast, <laughs> we've told them this 1,700 times. And Apologies. we've both written <laughs> non-fiction. Oh. Well, yes, yours yes. is non-fiction. Oh, both non-fiction books. Yeah. We've both written non-fiction books. And we both get that, that people say, yes, you can. It's like, like you're, you're talking to us. Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> wonderful, isn't yeah, it? And then you know you've done your job. Yeah, yeah exactly. except that, uh, you know, uh, you say it's, uh, yeah, of course it's autobiographical, but 
uh, the dangerous thing is when your mom reads your book <laughs> and she says, oh, and there's a hot scene you may have described in pages 62 to 63. <laughs> and then your mom is reading that and saying, is it autobiographical? Well, <laughs> not that part. <laughs> not else. that part. Just not that part. <laughs> weird. It's weird, I know. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> so you, you say about um, having like different, living different lives and stuff. And you were telling us earlier that you started um, your working life as a journalist. And then yeah. you worked for 30 years in advertising. Yeah. Um, so how did you manage to make the leap to writing? How did that happen? Uh, actually, uh, I had a very unhealthy upbringing as in childhood. We were raised on Mad Magazines <laughs> and Ogden Nash by my very funny, crazy dad. And uh, so we were laughing before we even understood what we were looking at, you know. So uh, I think writing humor and uh, spoofing things has always been a kind of default setting in my writing. And uh, I used to, uh, in school, I used to say I write the world's shortest short stories. It would start on page one and end on page two. And these were actually birthday cards, you know. You know, you start something and then you twist it with usually very insulting. So I think I lost a few friends in high school. But uh, writing was always the plan in my life. But uh, uh, I come from this uh, rather conservative Tamil Brahmin community, which I write a lot about in the book. And uh, maths is in our DNA. We're very good in maths. And you follow a path after that. You know, you, you join, uh, you do bank exams, and then you, you get a good job in a bank. So I followed that path. And I think in the final interview, I ran from there. You know, I wow. said, what the hell am I doing here? And uh, so it, while it became a funny after-dinner anecdote at home, you know, she reached the final stage, and she quit <laughs> this job. Well, uh, I dramatized that whole thing in my book from a girl who's actually working in a bank. but. I, I came out, I did a course in journalism. I worked as a cub reporter in a newspaper. I was uh, gently sacked for writing <laughs> very, you know, alarming and atrocious headlines. <laughs> That's what I like nowadays. <laughs> Can you share any of those headlines with us? Would, you know, I would write these. Actually, now it's full of sensationalism, and I would mm -hmm. use some dreadful puns or something in the headline. I love a pun. I love and, a good pun. I was gently told go to advertising, and I loved it. I absolutely loved my. Uh, years in J. Walter Thompson, I never quit, and mm -hmm. it was uh, it was it was really a lot of fun, you know, and uh, led to my first nonfiction book at that time too. And yeah. how did you make that leap from from ending your journalism career? What was, was journalism was so short. I mean, it was uh, <laughs> uh, it was about six uh, months or less. That was all. But then I've always written, you know, I've written. Uh, uh, I, like you, uh, I, Rosie, I've been a freelance writer and I've always written short humorous uh, columns for a number of magazines. So I've always been in the world of magazines, Sunday reading, I've always been there. So to that extent, I've been a journalist. And then um, I have, after my career in uh, advertising, I, I was a travel writer and uh, probably the, the best days of my life because you get free food, free travel, <laughs> free stay, and no money, 
but it's <laughs> it's the best thing you can ever do is to be a travel writer where someone picks up all your tabs and then you. you you had me at free. <laughs> <laughs> I, I suppose all of the experience that you've gathered from all of those different jobs is only yeah. going to make your writing stronger, isn't it? It's like the life experience involved mm. in all those things and just the practice of having to write advertising copy and journalism yeah, stuff yeah. and travel stuff. It's all, all going to contribute to a great book. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, um, advertising is such a terrific uh, training ground for fiction writing, you know, if you think about it. It's, uh, you know, there. Uh, uh, I mimic the art of advertising in my writing too. And, uh, you know, um, it's uh, advertising teaches you to be storytellers, to be under different skins every day. We are a eight-year-old brat one day. We are a anxious mother the next. We are a macho man, you know, yeah. uh, trying to get his girl. Uh, we've been under the skins of different people. Uh, it teaches us to be uh, never to bore uh, uh, a person. With, uh, it teaches you to hook the reader, reward reward them for their attention. A twist in the tale. Uh, we've done all of this. You know, we put drama, dialogue, music, uh, and a, a twist, and we're selling something too yeah. in thirty seconds. So, when you were writing mm. the writers, the writers retreat, did you mm. have the the sort of target audience in mind when you were writing it. I mean, you must have done if that's kind of what your, all your training is. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Okay. I, well, uh, you know, my f uh, first book, which was called Don't Go Away, We'll Be Right Back, The Oops and Downs of Advertising, uh, mm -hmm. was something that uh, over the years I've taken down notes. I was uh, always taking down notes, uh, not words of wisdom imparted by our advertising gurus, but just the fun and nonsense that people speak <laughs> and... You know, um, like the proof-checking errors that even I passed. For instance, uh, for a restaurant, there was this, I let this line pass, which was, the restaurant has a bra attached, <laughs> you know, and to our horror, we realized that we have spelt B-A-R-B-R-A. <laughs> so it, this is just, an, just another day in my life. There's so many things that, you know, happen that is absolutely comic you know, star tantrums or adventures while shooting, things that go wrong. So uh, all of that actually went into the first book, which I wrote just for a lark. And uh, when uh, when that, I mean, it just sold suddenly, it sold pretty well, it was sold out. The first print, uh, re print was sold out in, in five weeks. And uh, so I said, okay, that's it, I've done my book. And now <laughs> I'm a travel writer and I'm, I always wanted to do a travel memoir with, you know, all the, probably called the oops and downs of travel writing, because <laughs> there's a whole heap of adventures that things that go wrong in a trip. And uh, so while that is still there, uh, this, when I wrote this book, uh, it's some, an acquisition editor happened to read it in a plane. She got off the plane and she called me and uh, she gave me a one line brief. She said, can you write a funny book? but it's got to have lots of romance in it. And it must be of, uh, about a girl from my city, Chennai, a conservative Tamil Brahmin community girl who suddenly sees the big life. So I live in Chennai. It's impossible to be romantic in Chennai. It's <laughs> so hot. So <laughs> I packed everybody off to Greece and it, because something that I've experienced and love. And so I would say it was a 
this was the easy book to write in a way. <laughs> and can you tell us a little bit how you approached it? Did you mm. just sit down the next day and think, right, and then just get started? Was there a lot of research? Yeah, I'll tell you. Yeah. Uh, well, I was given a very tight deadline, which really works for me. In advertising, we don't do a thing till you're given a brief and a ghastly deadline. <laughs> and uh, so I, have, I was given just three weeks because the year was closing to write a synopsis. So... Um, I wrote a synopsis, but with this very basic thing, I just had to put in, uh, uh, I needed a core idea, you know, because in advertising that if you don't have a core idea running through, you know, nobody's, it's not going to sustain. So uh, I had a kind of scenario and I, then I thought, I, I saw, I see a lot of people around me who are so unhappy in their jobs and uh, they say, I love my job, but it's, it's the work I hate. <laughs> and uh, actually what they mean is, uh, I love the money, you know. Uh, it's the work I hate. It's not the job that they love. So I thought, you know, I have to bring this in. This is the, you know, I, I felt really good that I had a core idea. And then I fitted it into the brief. And uh, Greece was all the, you know, for the scenario, the oh, the magic of it. and. Every restaurant that I mentioned, and all the, and I'm a strict vegetarian, so all the foods I ate there, I've, I've kept records of all of it. So it's all there in my book, you know, and of course all the ouzo that we drank, my mom <laughs> discovered after reading the book. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to drink ouzo in Greece, that's just the, <laughs> it's that's just just like the law, isn't it? Yes, yeah, I think it is actually the law. Actually the yeah, law. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you were talking about um, writing humour. Yeah, and how it's been something that's always been in your in your life. So, what do you think kind of makes something humorous, and um, and what what tips would you offer to people that are trying to yeah. do the same? You know, I, I'll tell you what humor is. If you have to say it in a very pithy way, it's truth well told. You know, mm -hmm. it's uh, anything humorous has has to have this uh, ringing truth about it, and. Uh, um, this is actually the slogan of McCann, the advertising agency. It's a uh, truth well told is something that mixes insight with wit. And uh, wit is really intelligence, you know. So it's about making that perfect connection between two things and leaving a little bit in for the, re for the reader or the viewer to work it out themselves, mm -hmm. you know. The penny has to drop. I, I'll set it up for you, and the penny drops in your head, and mm -hmm. that makes great humorous writing. And uh, in in my book, in uh, my first book, uh, it's uh, or in uh, any of my articles, I write about everyday life. You know, the junk we collect in our <laughs> drawers at home. You know, or how we go to posh restaurants and we just don't know what the hell to order. And it's. Uh, it's a lot of it is very middle class bewilderment in this world, <laughs> but it rings true. You know, there's a basic truth and say, I feel exactly this way. And uh, that's the best, the most, uh, the best advertising is like that. That's exactly how my dad speaks, you know, it's, it's oh, that's so much like my sister, you know, when you feel that uh, connect and you make it happen. So I think, uh, Wit to uh, humorous writing in a way is like, uh, it's a lot like stand-up comedy to me, writing, uh, in the sense, uh, stand-up comedy relies a lot on pauses and timing. And writing humor 
has got its, uh, you know, its, its tools. It's the comma, <laughs> it's the three dots, it's, it's the exclamation that you mark that you leave out, you know, and putting an exclamation mark at the wrong point is like stand-up comic laughing at himself. So I think uh, it's uh, humorous writing is just the rules of stand-up comedy. You Have know? you ever done any stand-up comedy? It, that's my fantasy. <laughs> still time. Uh, I do a lot of talks. I do. I do give a lot of uh, usually humorous uh, in clubs, in Rotary clubs, and uh, I, I mean, often invited to be a speaker. But I haven't actually gone up on a stage to deliver this <laughs> comedy show yet. Not but it's yet. in my bucket list. Yeah, I believe yeah. in you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we'll, we'll be in the front row. We'll pop over. Yes. Yeah. 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 Heckling. I, I love, I love your descriptions of humour. That's You're so right about the, because like, we both write humour yeah, stuff I, too, and you're so right about kind of... I'll try to anyway. I, yeah. <laughs> I was like, n- I never really dream of using that many exclamation marks. I'm so sparing with them, but I love, an, I love the three dots. Classic. I, it's isn't classic. it? And I've, uh, I can't do without those three dots. And I spent so much time eliminating three dots. And I think the, uh, the printers must have saved a lot of ink because <laughs> I cut three dots which I put everywhere. I love those three ellipses. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I never even knew they had a name. <laughs> my editor cut so many out in my first draft and she'd be like, okay, I'll let you have this one. She'd be like, oh God, you, and again, you and your ellipses. Like, bloody, all the edits bloody, were like, bloody baker with ellipses. That's what it was like. But it's all about timing, isn't it? Because it's, the ellipses gives you that pause and that expectation Abs- and it's that hanging, it's, it's the hang, hang at the end yeah. of the sentence where you, that's when you trust the reader to fill in the blanks fill in the blanks how did you yes. find about like when you guys are both writing your humorous stuff as well you know sometimes sometimes that I felt sometimes I'd write long jokes and I'd explain the punchline yeah. and my editor would be like you don't really need that little bit there you could like cut it out and like and, and yeah some instances I was like yeah I completely agree with that like did you yeah. go did you have that with yours the unsaid you, yeah yes. the, the kind of like leave yes. that to be absolutely mm. you know we uh, you make the reader participate in your joke that way and uh, a message that it works for or when we sell something in advertising you know when you make them fill in the blank it that message is going to sit in your head forever you know it's and then a, they can interpret it yeah. in their own way it's as called well. a, a smile in the mind we used to call <laughs> it you know when uh, your mind smiles and said i got that one <laughs> ah, yeah, it's like teaching as well when you when they teach when you get taught to be a teacher mm. they tell you that you I was so bad at this when I was a teacher I would just tell all my students the answers and they were like no no you have to set them up so that they can work it out for themselves and feel empowered because what I was doing (laughs) was just like don't worry guys Mm -hmm. I'll do it for you (laughs) an appointed list of everything you need to know that was frowned upon (laughs) you've written a travel book isn't it a travel humour book you should check it out travel humour book I can't wait to get it about all the things that go wrong basically yeah yeah. (laughs) yeah, yeah. you know um, I've got a whole lot of travel books which are these you know humorous books on travel which where everything goes wrong <laughs> uh, there's no toilet paper in the road let's travel is the <laughs> last book that I bought you know it's uh, I, that's what I want to do <laughs> yeah. well I'm, yeah I can see it happening talking about writing yeah. um, do you have a set routine do you mm. have a time and a place where you sit and write or can you write anywhere anytime uh, that uh, I can uh, 
I have to write scribble, scratch, and it's always on a yellow writing pad. I was a handwriting. Yeah, a handwriter to get me started. And in that complete mess of, uh, of pages, there's something that, you know, gets me. I said, I've got something going. And then I start typing, you know, but everything starts with the with scratching, <laughs> and arrows, and you know, oh, I love the mess of my writing pad. <laughs> that's my routine. Draft. I can't, yeah, that's right. Uh, I can, I write when I'm feeling very low, actually. I write to get out of some low that I'm feeling, and then the highs are amazing. And I, for me, writing is, uh, is, la is my workout, it's, it's my yoga, uh, it's also my, makeup when i write something i think my complexion just improves <laughs> beauty <laughs> tips as well such, <laughs> a lovely, such a lovely way of thinking that, that's uh, I, I so sometimes uh, if i'm really happy i haven't written a thing so i have to actually start sliding down a bit and feel useless and i haven't written and that's why i'm feeling so ill and sick and i drive people mad around me <laughs> and then and then I write I guess I write in one place my best <laughs> I wish writing was my exercise I've got to go for a 10k run tonight <laughs> I could just sit down and write right, you're gonna, gonna be fine it's a lovely evening it's a It'll very fine. hot <laughs> evening um, but it will be fine are you in the middle of a story Rosie um no no I'm in the middle of training for a half marathon <laughs> <laughs> I know I wish I was in the middle of a story <laughs> you look so delighted I am <laughs> so um just there so the writer's retreat is obviously a funny female-led um, which some people will interpret to be chiclet. Yeah. And, um, so how do you feel about that label and should female authors avoid it or embrace it? Yeah, actually, you know, um, it's it's when I was first told to write a book with uh, women and romance and I, I remember saying, you know, I said they want me to write chiclet and I, then I got the best advice from two of my writer friends, which was shut up and write. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is the best advice <laughs> we've ever had. Advice. They said, who gets a phone call from a publisher? And then you said, you think labels matter? And then uh, you said, you know, if you label a chiclet, you're going to sell a lot of books to men. So I said, okay, whatever. <laughs> so actually, I really don't care. You know, I'm just not bothered by it. And though I do find one thing in India, it's it's slightly looked down upon and they think uh, you either uh, this uh, you know um, housewife who's got nothing better to do or the socialite and they write chiclet but i find that uh, in england it's not so it's uh, there's there's more joy associated around the word chiclet here from what i hear of my friends and my niece who lives here than it is in India. I have to admit yeah. that. I have There's to some really great chiclet. It just, it just <laughs> seems like it's like, it doesn't, why can't it just be called a good story? A good it story, need, yeah. It doesn't need to be labelled, right. but obviously everyone <laughs> loves labels. I know, and if a man had written a similar story, it wouldn't be called... Dicklet. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but just said it. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, it wouldn't be called that. So, yeah. there you go. Um, <laughs> is there anything you wish you had known? Or before about writing or about the writing process or that oh. you encountered as you were writing it that okay. by the time you're at the end you thought okay bloody that's... hell I wish I'd known that before I started <laughs> yeah uh, you know I'm rarely satisfied with what I've written and every time I mean this I just don't know when to hit the send button so um, even uh, even in this book you know I'm thinking oh that was lame you know or that 
why was that exclamation mark there? I should have <laughs> taken it out, you know, it's always there. So um, I just feel, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe I think I, I always wish I read more, that's all, you know, that's, I just feel uh, that's your homework and I should be reading much more than I actually do in a day. And I think everything I read is going to impact my writing a little more. I mean, good reading. There's so much good so reading. So much good reading. Yeah, so much good reading. And my favorites are Nora Ephron. Oh, I love her works, you know. And uh, and actually, uh, Nora Ephron, uh, Salman Rushdie, they all started as copywriters. Did you know that? I, and ah. there's something I've read that you know, you know a fact about Salman Rushdie, don't you? Yes. Which I'd love you to share. Yeah. It's brilliant. You know, you've heard this phrase, naughty but nice. Of course. Yes. Salman Rushdie wrote it for cupcakes while he was at Ogilvy. Did you know that? <laughs> I did not know that. Salmon, yeah. Salmon Rushdie. Oh, at yes. Ogilvy. Right yes. cupcakes. We've got to start yeah. somewhere. He, he coined the term naughty but nice. Yeah. Well, I never. Well, I yeah. never. Yeah. So, and so I... I put this into a quiz once and of course nobody got it <laughs> it's the best piece of trivia I think mm. I possibly ever heard yeah. it's up there. I'm going to tell a lot yeah. of people that yeah. Yeah. also Years dolphins ago. wear hats hmm? dolphins wear hats <laughs> there is absolute puzzlement on both of your faces but dolphins wear hats is it? Mm -hmm. oh my god, god. Hats. And they're, they're made out of um, sea sponge I don't I feel like I'm overshadowing the salmon thing now <laughs> Yeah. Um, we'll have to get. I mean, obviously, we'll get Salmon onto the Riffraff podcast, yeah. and he can um, he can <laughs> yes. detail his career. From Will he wear a sponge hat though? <laughs> <laughs> he's not a dolphin, so no. Well, okay, <laughs> yeah, fair point. Um, so, um, finally, like, what kind of advice would you pass on to people that want to write? To write, okay. Uh, uh, this is. I mean, I live by quotations, you know, and I've collected quotations for years, and I love them. They're all over my softboard and many have crept into my book because it's about writing and uh, so there's this lovely line and it said the world is full of books in search of authors and I think that's a marvelous thought mm -hmm. you know and uh, uh, so I would say to all writer souls out there just get out someplace and go meet your book mm -hmm. uh, feel the fear but do it anyway you know, it's go out on that date. And uh, yeah. And if you want a self-help book on writing, but disguised as a romantic checklist, mm -hmm. just get yourself a copy of The Writer's Retreat. Yes. Plenty of tips there. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of like um, that the... Have you read Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert? Oh, wow, absolutely. Yeah. I've heard of all of uh, every one of her. That, that she's got, she's kind of, she sort of like has that, sort of idea that the this idea is just kind of flying around and like a, you know your like creativity yeah you know, like a book kind of finds you and when you when you get that kind of spark of inspiration oh, yeah. it's magic and yeah, you yeah. should then act on it i'm sure you believe really that but not not that dolphins were hats okay <laughs> which is scientific yeah. fact so. i'm not gonna believe it till i see a picture but anyway that is really not anything to do with writing so <laughs> elizabeth, elizabeth Gilbert, you know the lady that wrote um, eat pray love yeah, I know. Yeah. Now she, she's, she, uh, though of course I was shattered to hear that her lovely marriage is over. What? And she's with a, she's with a woman now. Oh. Yeah. So that's. I think trivia. I did see that. Yeah. I didn't. She's didn't. with her best oh. friend. They're in a very strong relationship. Amazing. And uh, I saw 
on YouTube the other day. Okay. Yeah. You know, one of those things we picked up somewhere and we said, go to YouTube and find <laughs> it. So she's looking supremely happy. Great. That is yeah. heartwarming. To yeah. Me. yeah. That's such a so lovely that's, story. Yeah. So that's a trivia for you, Rosie. No. <laughs> I, I, love I haven't offered any trivia and I can't think <laughs> is of there any. there any time? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a pure failure. Quick Google so, search. No. Nah. Okay. I'm just going to ha- hold my hands up and admit that I know nothing. Okay. <laughs> well, you can wait until the next podcast and come up with something. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, thank you so much. It's so lovely to chat to you. Thank you and, so much, yeah. Amy. Thank you so much, Rosie. It's been absolutely so exhilarating talking to both of you. Oh, I you. love this. Oh, well, it's so <laughs> Thank you for coming. Thank you. The Riff Raff Podcast is hosted by co-founders Amy Baker and Rosie Roberts. Come say hey at the-riffraff.com. <laughs>